You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. This had to be 1994 when I got my first Beanie Baby and I I didn't know like I, I knew there was big hype around it because everybody wanted Beanie Babies my age. I, I was, uh, you know, 93, 94 when they really started hitting in the Midwest in Chicago in the suburbs. Um, So TC and I probably were really close to it. Oh, yeah. We were right at the heart of heart of the right at the epicenter of the explosion that is the Oppenheimer-sized bomb that was the God, Beanie what Baby. What a fun time that was. <laughs> like, like kids getting into it, my sister and I were into it, and then we had an aunt who was, a, a great aunt who was obsessed. Like, she had, like, a whole wall of, like, fucking Beanie Babies in her house. One of my grandmothers uh, was a manager of a couple of McDonald's, and when they started giving them to, or having them at McDonald's, she had all of them in her oh, house. Yeah you know, multiples, you know, just in case we're going to sell them and blah, blah, blah. But my first Beanie Baby was bought for me. It was Snort the Bull. Now, I'm looking (laughs) on eBay and Etsy right now. Etsy, for some reason, it's the if the retired one from 95, $200. Ooh, I I don't believe that, though. Okay, just I I don't trust that at all. But yeah, maybe I should have held on to that. Maybe I could have got some money out of it. Yeah, my parents were those people that like I was probably like, I don't know, like maybe seven or eight when that whole craze started going completely crazy. And they they, they got me a Beanie Baby, but they were the ones who collected them like as investments. They were those people that were like, oh, these are going to be worth a lot of my money. And my dad was obsessed with like getting them and then flipping them and reselling them on eBay. So he was way more into that than obviously I was at that age. So that's kind of my perspective of it is just seeing the craze, like just from that adult sort of perspective, just seeing my parents like collecting these things and just not really understanding like what the big deal was really. I was into, I was into like Pokemon cards and you know, that kind of stuff. Real collectors. Exactly. I had the the McDonald's version, the regular size version, and then the big, the bigger being like this big of a, a Cocker Spaniel because my dog at the time was a Cocker Spaniel. 
No, it's cute. That was the thing. Like once they took off, I remember walking in. Like you can still walk into like the Wisconsin Dells and go into a tchotchke shop and find thousands of different types of Beanie Babies. But there was like a core group. I don't know what like the first run were, but I remember certain people, uh, friends of mine having them. And then it felt like within years there was like a Beanie Baby for every genus phylum uh what am i uh by i'm I'm trying to think of biology here but like basically anything that could be categorized as an animal or insect it felt like there was a beanie baby for it yeah every everything with two to six legs (laughs) yes the movie we watched today it's called the beanie bubble and it talks about the rise and the hard fall of the beanie baby craze I don't think Ty, the company, does nearly as much money as they did back during the heyday. They're billions of dollars. Yeah. Basically, it tells a story. And and they tell you right away. Like, obviously, Ty, the man who started this company, like, he's a central part of it. But he's, he's the central antagonist, essentially, to three different women, Robbie, Sheila, and Maya. And they tell you right up the, from the top, like... Listen, Ty's in this story, and yeah, you'll hear about him, but it's not about him. It's about these three women. And the story jumps back and forth in time a lot, and there's a lot of... Um, it's it's a really uh, uh, great way, I thought, to kind of tie the different stories together. Because there were points where I was like, wait a minute, are we in the past again? Are we in the present, the future? Like, They did a good job initially running the clock back and forth so they could show you 1983, 10 years later. Like they did that pretty consistently at first. And then once you got into the groove of what these people looked like at the certain time periods, they stopped doing that. And I think it did a good job of sort of compartmentalizing like his relationships, like by showing it kind of show the beginning of one of his relationships with his first wife, Robbie, and then is and and start showing sort of the beginning of another relationship with his second wife, played by Sarah Snook. And I I, I thought that that kind of worked well to show, you know, the, the his he, they kind of showed some of his more positive sides in his relationship in the beginning. And obviously in the second half, they they show what his relationships became, not to spoil anything, even though it is sort of based on a true story. Yeah, it's it's like the second half of Scarface. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. The rise and hard fall, as Chad said. Yeah, structurally speaking, taking the true story aside, just structurally speaking as a movie, this juggles three different perspectives and essentially two timelines or two different points in time very well, very coherently. This It's written and then produced and presented to us very coherently. There's never really a moment, at least for me watching it, where I was like, Hold on, what? Like watching Oppenheimer, not to talk about another movie briefly, but that jumps into four different time periods and sometimes within 30 seconds. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> this very, very coherently tells the story of these three women. And there's some good overlap moments, too. And because it's their perspective, the three of them narrate this movie at points. They'll tell us, hey, we'll get back to this. If something seems like, oh, that didn't make sense. They tell us right in the narration. Don't worry, we'll get back to this. It'll make sense. The story's not meant to be about Ty, but Zach Galifianakis did really good. And and everybody in this did really good. It's the best performance I've ever seen him give. Like, first off, it's his most unrecognizable. I remember watching the trailer going, who the fuck is that? And then seeing Zach Galifianakis and be like, 
oh my God, like it just, you, you don't recognize him at all. Until maybe when he starts talking and you start to hear that inflection in his voice, like, okay, yeah, it's definitely him. Yeah, when you hear that little Southern drawl he's got, you know, come out like, oh, that's Zach. We know it's Zach. There's some Zachisms in there. It's, it's the best of his career so far. The whole cast is really great. I, I note to Elizabeth Banks, I'm, I'm on to you, Elizabeth. You do a lot of biopics. She did Cocaine Bear. She did this. She w. did. W. Uh, was it? She was in W. She played Laura Bush. She played W. Just of recently, she did another one about the Janes. She has been really doing a lot of true stories and a lot of true stories that are, wow, I didn't know this story. I obviously didn't know about Cocaine Bear and all that, but she seems to be drawn to a lot of these truth is stranger than fiction stories and she does well every time i'm a big elizabeth banks fan and just seeing her in the trailer alone was like sign me up i may be making this up but i feel like i read something that she that's kind of like because she's got her own like production company she's she produced cocaine bear i think she directed Mm -hmm. it too right she directed it yeah Yeah. um i think like that's her niche right now i I believe and I, i could be completely wrong but and this was produced by Imagine Entertainment. So Ron Howard and Brian Grazer produced this thing. It was made for Apple TV. And Apple TV, or Apple Plus, whatever you want to call it, continuing to release these gigantic movies just to streaming. Like, this this isn't one that would hit the radar for award season, but this is kind of <laughs> kind of like a prestige, like a softball it's like, it's like prestige second, movie. Also, it's like the second corporate biopic they put out this year because he also did Tetris earlier this year, which is my favorite movie of the year Tetris, so far. Tetris, uh, the the I watched the Cheeto the hot, the hot hot uh, Cheetos yeah, the, yeah that was on, that was on Hulu yeah. and Amazon I think had air right so yeah we're seeing a lot of these types of movies the story of the Beanie Baby one is is honestly the one that resonated the most because yeah I remember just being in the middle of all of that. Yeah, I guess for me, I, I might I, I did not dislike this, but I might be a little bit of the dissenting voice here. I, I think I, I feel like for all of those other biopics, I guess maybe they resonated. I, I guess biopics about a product, maybe they resonated a little bit more with me. But by the end of this, I just I don't I, I feel like I kind of wished they had picked a lane a little bit more than they did. Like, I feel like it focuses on these three women and I kind of wish they would have picked one of them to like really hone in on because I, I really liked the Maya who was like kind of the like tech innovator. And she was like really pushing the website and like really made a lot of strides uh, in that in that regard. And I felt like I kind of just wished it would have picked one of them to really focus on if they weren't going to because clearly from the beginning, they said that they weren't going to focus on Ty, which is fine. But I, I feel like. It didn't really hit me very hard. I, I, I thought this was OK, but it, it just it didn't really hit me from a dramatic angle that hard. And it didn't hit me from a comedic angle that hard. And I, I thought this was going to be more of a comedy. But from the beginning, clearly it was, uh, you know, they, they were aiming for something a little bit more dramatic. And I think that's fine. But for, for a story that's about Beanie Babies, which are very it's the, the craze is kind of silly. And, and I feel like I, I would have I personally would have liked it if they played up that comedy a little bit more because they 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 go into like the ridiculousness of like there's like one brief scene where this woman is at a, at, at a store and she has this catalog of beanie babies and she's looking through them and there's this little girl like playing with a beanie baby in the corner and of this store and she walks up to her like essentially just trying to buy it from her in front of her mom and just like that it's just so absurd and, and like and crazy a lot a lot of this and i just i guess i kind of wished they played into that craziness more even though a lot of like all great performances all around. Zach Galifianakis is incredible, but I guess I just kind of 
this I felt a little bit more lukewarm about it. I think you're, you're not the only dissenting opinion because I 100% agree with you. This movie does not live up to its opening moment. The opening of this movie is a tie truck that gets sideswiped by a crazed Beanie Baby lover that flips the truck and Beanie Babies explode out of it in slow motion. And you see people running towards it and tackling each which, other. Which really happened. Like I watched the HBO documentary. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> There's an HBO documentary that has the footage of that. Yeah, and yeah. that opening promised a movie that ridiculous. And you're not wrong. The performances are good in this. But it didn't live up to that. And I would have loved for it to be sillier and yeah. more ludicrous for how insane this was. And, and and I know we're sitting here like, oh, it should have been this. It should have been this. There was no mention of Cabbage Patch Dolls. There was no mention mm-hmm. of Tickle Me Elmo. This Beanie Baby craze, while it is the first online craze, because it's it's the 90s, AOL, it had the first company website for it is unique in that fashion. It is not so unique that there wasn't insane parents tackling each other for toys before this. And there was nigh a mention of that before that. I, I, f- I feel like the comedy was just too far, far and few between each other. Mm-hmm. Like there's a moment where Maya first explains like eBay and the internet or AOL. She's like, this is a chat room. And they do the thing where they like, he uh, uh, Ty always drank chocolate milk. So he's just sitting there drinking the chocolate milk out of a straw. <laughs> Maya's looking and it's, you know, right in their face. And they're like, wow, this is so fast. Right. Talking about the Internet <laughs> like that was a, co- a fun moment. But then, yeah, that was the only levity for mm-hmm, like the next mm-hmm. 20 minutes until another like vaguely funny thing would happen, you know? Yeah, this was co-directed by two people. And while they did a competent job, I'm afraid I don't have their names offhand. I just imagine someone like uh, who is the daughter of Al Gore. Whoa. Yeah, and, <laughs> really? and she was also a writer on Futurama for a long time. Oh. Okay. Smart. I lady. forget the name of the other guy, but it's her husband. And I, I was very surprised to learn. I looked him up. He was, he's in the band. Okay. Go. <laughs> that explains the closing credit song. But here's the thing is that while they did a perfectly fine job, imagining this script or this story in the hands of someone like Adam McKay. Yeah. Term, uh, or, I thought uh, the same thing actually. Yeah. Ed McKay would blow this up, blow the doors off of this with the ridiculousness and the information. I liked it a lot, but yeah, I can't really put my finger on what exactly was missing. I was ever bored by it for sure. And there was a lot of parts that made me nostalgic for that time and, and, and being in the middle of that craziness. Real. I don't know what would have really bumped it up a higher level for me. Um, Cause like it's, it's barely a, you know, Wolf of Wall Street with Beanie Babies, you know, <laughs> which is what I was kind of <laughs> expecting. Uh, maybe not that level of debaucherous, but to have that kind of tone consistently and it, it brushes on that, but it doesn't stay totally consistent through that. The fall doesn't near, nearly feel as impactful. And there's, there's definitely a fall. And for these, for these women, which what they did was impressive, no, like no doubt, but by the end, they kind of compare the Beanie Baby craze to like, NFTs and like really grifty, grifty things, which in a sense they kind of are. So it's like they're it's in some sense they're like we're lifting these women up, but also like are, are, this is kind of just like NFT. I, did, did that, there was like a little montage at the end that was like kind of comparing them to like a lot of other like like to other scams essentially, and it's like. I found that to be a little bit of a weird point to end it on personally, like editing wise. It kind of just threw me and made me not really understand what they were trying to say because they were trying to show at the, at the very end. I mean, again, I guess somewhat spoiler. They do the thing where they they show where each character ends up 
And they're clearly trying to show you like Ty is he's he's a bad guy. He fucked up like he's not doing well right now. And they're all off doing great things. And then that is sort of like right after they do that montage comparing Beanie Babies and the craze to NFTs. But like Ty like bought a like a I think a hotel chain. I think he owns the Four Seasons hotel chain. So it's just it feels a little bit like a little bit like revisionist history. Like he's clearly a piece of shit, but he did kind of win in a way. Like he, he was able to, with all those, with all that money, he was able to buy the four seasons hotel chain. And by just saying like, Oh yeah, you know, he's, he, he didn't do well sort of like implying that it's just like, you can easily Google like how he's doing now. And he's, he's doing just fine. I don't know that whole aspect of it. And the fact that they changed their, they changed the women's names too, which I found kind of surprising. Like if they're trying to give them credit, I don't. Maybe they. Maybe they didn't want to be involved. Uh, that, 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 that could be what happened. It is. Although but again, there's that HBO documentary, and I recognized pretty early on, like who was supposed to be who at some point. For the most part, yeah. Ty Warner is currently worth, as of Forbes this year, six point one billion. So <laughs> I don't feel bad. <laughs> too bad for Ty Warner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not at all. And you're not at all. But like the end of the movie, I just find I do find it funny that they make it out to be like, oh, he didn't. Did it. I don't know. I, I think it's it just felt a little bit deceptive, I guess. Yeah, because he they're like, oh, yeah, he was convicted of tax evasion in 2014. Well, if you know anything about the U.S. tax system and how grossly underfunded it is, I'm sure whatever fine he got was peanuts compared to what he's worth yeah so yeah and they could and that they could make uh, you know you can comment on that as well though yeah you can say like you could even make a joke out of it like oh he was caught for tax evasion of course nothing happened or you could you could play with that or something but i i, I don't know not that that's the most not that the entire thing hinges on that moment specifically but it just it, it felt like mixed messaging yeah it me. could have been it could have easily been a fuck rich people kind of movie uh, i guess it kind of dodged that i wonder if that has anything to do with uh chris Segor's background yeah, and that that's how I felt too cuz like I feel like there's so much you can do with this and just the absurdity of capitalism and the, just making people making grown ass adults just go crazy over these little little plushy baby toys. It's crazy. And it's like they just for me it didn't really really hit the mark. And I felt like that HBO documentary, I saw that. I think that hits the mark more than this does for me personally. Well, Ryan, why don't you roll us in the final thoughts? Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, I would say I really loved Zach Galifianakis in this. I think he's amazing. Um, it's I, I think I agree with you, Mike. It, it might be my favorite role, and it makes me want to see him maybe try to take on some more serious stuff, maybe maybe some more dark comedy. I don't know. I, I really I really loved him in this. All the actors are really good in this. Sarah Snook is really, really good. Um, Elizabeth Banks is great. Uh, and I, I just I guess I just I kind of was hoping that this would be a little bit more absurd and like than it was and that that it would be a little bit more of a dark comedy and it, there's comedic moments that work especially with Zach Galifianakis throughout this but I just it just it wasn't enough for me to really be able to recommend this and I think with all of these like product biopics coming out I think this could have been a good opportunity to like maybe satirize that a little bit and just you know because so many of them are so self-serious and I think you can kind of there, there is like an opportunity to sort of take the piss out of them a little bit. And I I kind of was hoping this might be that. And it, it wasn't really it didn't it just didn't really pick enough of a lane for me. And even though it's not it's not bad by any means at all. I just uh, I felt kind of I just felt kind of lukewarm about it. Um, I think I'm going to give this two out of five 
Legs the Frog Beanie Babies, which was the one that I had. You know, it, it definitely took me back to a, a time when those were huge and the craze around again, how uh, and seeing it within my own family and that that is sort of nostalgic. And I think yeah, I think it took some very interesting angle focusing on on the women who uh, kind of helped Ty Warren make this the, the big success it is, and just showing like his ego and how um, he was kind of hoisted by his own petard. But then again, he's he's still worth six billion dollars, so not that much of a big fall there. But I, I do think it's very competently directed, and I think it, the, the writing is good. That's because I hoped it would be, but that's because I I know again I know Chris and Gore from doing Futurama, and I'm a huge Futurama fan. I was expecting Futurama humor, but I was expecting maybe it to be funnier than it was. I think it's Zach. Galifianakis' best work as an actor. I do look at Kristen Gore and uh, the other director, the OK Go guy. Um, I, I do hope they come out with more movies and hone their craft more because uh, I think that they're, they're on to something and I think they're they're more than competent. It could have been better. Um, I'm going to give it seven and a half uh, out of ten. T.Y. tags that, for the love of God, do not rip them off because that's going to lower the value big time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to echo some of the things Ryan said here. It's funny that this movie about a craze that reached the point of bursting because we have Blackberry, Dumb Money, Tetris, Air, Flamin' Hot. Movies where we're supposed to feel connected and sympathize with literal billionaires. And it's movies, it's biopics about products. And sure, I can detach myself from reality enough to enjoy the fiction of this, but I think this might be the last one I'm willing to indulge in. My, my bubble for biopics where the product is the main character has burst. This is, this is not a bad movie. It is good. The cast is great. As I said, I'm a fan of Elizabeth Banks. Sarah Snook's great here. I really did like Geraldine Viswanet. I'm going to say her name wrong. Geraldine, who played Maya. She's excellent. I, I would have loved the whole movie focused solely on her. Uh, perhaps it's being of the same age of her. Like, I don't know. There's something about her character specifically that I thought had the most, it was the brightest, most interesting thing uh, throughout the. Yeah. 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 And Zach Galifianakis is, is excellent in this. It's a solid rise and fall story, but it's not blazing any new trails. It's not, it's not so compelling that people need to watch this like Tetris. (laughs) It's not a bad movie. Uh, if if you popped it on, there is enough here that will keep you amused and interested. I never got bored watching it per se, but in the long run, I didn't take anything away from this story. A guy who made dolls was a jerk and became a billionaire who stepped all over the women in his life. That's America, baby. <laughs> so uh, good, not great. I'm giving the Beanie Bubble six out of ten dial-up internet connections. So fast. Yeah, the TC and everybody else basically said it. Uh, I, I don't think I'm done with product biopics, but I've definitely watched a few now and I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I, I feel like the, the the trailer sells me on it and then I actually watch it and then I'm like, yeah, well, like, like you said, TC, it's just billionaires, you know, it's just people that made a shit ton of money and were potentially making them more money by watching this movie. I don't know. Um I think overall, it's just it was good. Could have been a lot funnier or more dramatic. I would have taken either side. I just felt it was it played the middle very much. And the the end is just like, well, yeah, okay, Yay. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to go six out of ten.
welcome. You've got mail. File's done. Goodbye.